Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Brian, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We educate pet parents about the importance of protecting their pets with a pet trust. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show our special guest. Her name is Jamie Lee, and she is the CEO of Animal Bonds. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, um, very fun to have you. And let me tell our guests a little bit about you. Uh, Jamie is a, an award-winning Let Animals Lead teacher and practitioner. She's also a speaker and an author. She's a lifelong animal lover, but she first experienced the healing power of the human-animal bond after a devastating flash flood that destroyed her hometown. Today, Jamie works with pet parents, performance animals, shelter animals, and their staff, and veterinarians. Jamie also teaches online and in-person certification courses in the Let Animals Lead Method. She is an active member of the nonprofit Shelter Animal Reiki Association. She do donates her time and class fees to animal shelters and shares the life lessons people can learn from animals from the stage. She lives in Las Vegas, Nevada with her rescue pups, Bella, Oscar, and Sophie, all of whom are part Chihuahua and something else. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. All right. So uh, that introduction, of course, leads itself to how you got started and what happened in your hometown. Right. So animals have always been a part of my life. And as a kid, of course, I loved animals like most kids do. But it was just before my 13th birthday, and I was in Rapid City, South Dakota, and there was um, a flash flood that is still on the top 10 worst flash floods in the nation. It was 50 inches of rain, a cloud burst, so it dropped 50 inches of rain. It had a 50-foot wall of water that roared down the canyon, and it pretty much destroyed most of the town. Over 252 people died in this flood. And of course, my family, we lost everything we owned. We lost our home and all my pets. And I was devastated. I, it was two weeks before my 13th birthday. I was just young. And that's a lot to absorb for anyone to go through that. And I got a kitten for my birthday. So a little eight-week-old Siamese kitten, and we were still living with friends, or they would set up temporary shelters for you. We were moving around, but I guess people knew that it was that important to me. 
And I got this little kitten. I named him O.W. And that's when the healing really began. And I don't think I realized it at the time. I know I didn't, you know, but animals, how important they are in our healing process. I just knew I loved this little kitten and I felt better. And I had hope with this kitten. So I always had pets. It, they were with me for all the good and the bad, the, the messy divorce, the trips to across country just to explore and have an adventure, um, camping, new towns, everything. They have been with me. And it was about 10 years ago when I finally figured out I'm not as fast of a thinker as my pets, I think sometimes. Um, I finally figured out that I wanted to work with animals. But it took me a journey to get there. Sure. Well, and I think that you've made the right decision. Yes, I, I know I have. Absolutely. All right. So what was your first step when you figured it out? Well, my first step, I made a lot of mistakes, um, you know, because I can remember as a child, I wanted to be a veterinarian. And at that time, um, I was told, well, girls can't do that. And unfortunately, I believed them. You know, I grew up in that time. And so I had always thought in the back of my mind, that's what I wanted to do. Now I feel a little differently because I see how tough their job really is. Um, but I thought, well, what can I do, you know? And so I started studying and taking classes. It, yeah, it was probably too late to become a veterinarian, uh, but I took a class on small animal massage at the college. I took color light therapy. I started taking classes that a local holistic veterinarian put on. So anything about animals that I could learn, I started to study. And that eventually led me to the let animals lead method for animals. That is not something I'm familiar with. So tell us more about that. Okay. So it is a method of animal Reiki. And I first began Reiki, studying Reiki, over 18 years ago, I was working in law enforcement and a friend of mine was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. And the doctor said her only hope was to go away for experimental treatment, which she did. And she's still alive today. Oh, yay. Yeah. So she's, um, she's fine, but she went away for this treatment. And I remember she came home and she was so sick because they used all these new drugs that were so strong, but they also used holistic methods. They used Reiki, they used nutrition, they used color light therapy. And when she came home, she said, you have to learn Reiki because I like it. And I'm, I'm like, I'm working in law enforcement. I had no idea what Reiki was. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And as always happens, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and that's what happened for me, my first teacher. And I took the classes, um, and they were definitely oriented towards humans. They were all the techniques that you use on humans. 
but something was always missing. So I kept taking Reiki classes thinking I was going to figure this out because it just didn't seem to work for me. And the animals didn't respond like I wanted them to. And maybe I'm doing something wrong. So I'd find another teacher and take another class. And I did that for, I don't know, about six or seven different teachers. And I had heard of the woman who created the Let Animals Lead method. And it's so different than what I was taught in my other classes that I thought, well, that can't be right. And so I didn't really follow her or anything, but I knew of her. And one day I was on Facebook scrolling through like we tend to do and up came a post of hers. Now I didn't follow her, but there was this post and she had gotten grant money to offer um, positions so you could go and study with her and become one of her teachers. And the minute I read that, everything went away. It all just fell off. And I'm like, that's my scholarship. And I was selected. And I went out to California and I trained with her. I love the way the universe works. When, uh, when you need it, it shows up. Yes, it's wonderful, isn't it? It is wonderful. So you uh, then you became um, an advocate and a proponent for Let Animals Lead. And tell us how Let Animals Lead is different. So Let Animals Lead is different. If, if you're familiar with Reiki or you've ever had a Reiki session, you know that you go in, you lay on a table, the room is usually dimly lit. The practitioner is the one they put their hands on your body in certain positions, they move around you and you just lay there and go deep and really enjoy this. It's a practitioner who's actually more active, you know, with their hand positions and moving around the table. With Let Animals Lead, we discovered um, that animals respond better when they're given the choice. So we never use hands-on unless the animal asks for it. We always allow them to choose how they want to participate, what it's going to look like. And we are the ones that go in, go deep into meditation and become quiet and still and create a sense of peace that just ripples out into the environment. And the animals are free to step into that. They sometimes go to sleep. They sometimes get up and get a drink. But whatever they want to do, however they want to participate, or even if they don't want to participate at that particular time, it's perfectly fine. And that's the biggest difference. The animals guide the entire session with the Let Animals Lead method. I just go in and become totally still and peaceful. So tell us some of the experiences you've had doing that with uh, different animals and, and their response. Animals love Reiki or especially the let animals lead meditation. Um, I was at a sanctuary one time. It was just an open house and I didn't tell the people you know, what I did. I just wanted to go and see the sanctuary. And I came up to a corral with some horses. And one of the horses immediately came up and um, came up to me. And my hands were just on the corral. 
And it was just my intention to offer Reiki and meditation to anyone that wanted it there. And so as I stopped there, just to make a contact, you know, become aware of the animal, let them know that I really saw them. She came up and put her head in my hands and she stayed like that for about five minutes. And then she left and she went clear across the corral. And I thought, well, she may be done, but I'm just going to stand here because animals do move in and out of the energy. So I'm going to stand here. So as I was standing there, all of a sudden, she started to back up towards me. And I've seen horses walk backwards, but never this far or this deliberate. And she just kept getting closer and closer. And horses have big butts. Um, so as it was coming towards me, I'm like, is she going to stop? What is she doing? She was positioning her body, her hips, so that my hands rested right on her hips. Wow. When I was leaving, I had to tell the owners of the sanctuary what happened. And they said, oh, yeah, she used to be a rodeo horse and she has really bad hips. Oh. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So in that instance, she was asking for hands on and she was showing me exactly where she wanted it. Had I gone in there and immediately put hands on her, she probably just would have walked away because it's all about honoring them and their right to choose how they want to participate. Right. That is so cool. Yeah. All right. I see on your website that you have something you call a doggy dosha quiz. What is that? Yes, that is just kind of a fun little quiz. So dosha comes from the world of Ayurveda, and they use doshas a lot, usually referring to people. It's almost like um, somewhat of a personality, why your dog or animal behaves the way they do. So you have different doshas, um, bada, pitta, kapha. And they all have elements of nature to them, whether it's fire or water or earth. And if they're in balance, everything is good, but it's when those elements get out of balance. So if you have a pitta, that's fire. So if you have a dog that's kind of snarky and over aggressive or something like that, and they're a pitta, that's how they show their unbalance. So then there's ways you can bring them back into balance through diet and exercise and different things you can do. And so all of that is, it's just a fun quiz. So you can kind of see why your pet is doing what it's doing. <laughs> That's great. All right. So everybody should uh, give you their email address and get their um, complimentary doggy dosha quiz. Yes, absolutely. And it might explain why they do what they do. They're not just trying to drive us crazy. Sometimes they're just out of balance. Well, um, I probably have a lot of dogs who are out of balance because uh, when I come home, they go crazy. Yes, they really do pick up on our energy and they mirror that back. And that's why it's so important. I always work with the people. They're usually surprised. But it's like, yeah, you need to be involved in this session with your dog or cat or whatever. Um, you need to be learning this meditation with me and I'm going to guide you through it. 
because we have, you know, there's a saying that stress is contagious. And I think we all know that if, if we're just in a stressful environment, we get stressed. Um, but so is peace. Peace is contagious. So when we can become peaceful and live in a state of calm, we send that out to our animals and it's contagious. Peace is also contagious. That's lovely. I like that idea. I really, really like that. All right. So you teach classes. Tell us about the classes that you teach. Yes, I teach classes. I can teach online. So you can be anywhere in the world, basically, um, through Zoom. And I also teach in-person classes here in Las Vegas. And we go out to, um, it's usually, the in-persons are usually two days, a day of learning and practicing the techniques. And then we go out to the farm animal sanctuary and practice with all the animals. And there's horses and goats and pigs and um, emus and dogs and cats and ducks. There's just all, it's 10 acres. It's absolutely beautiful. And the animals just respond to the Reiki because they're used to us coming out. And so they know what's going on. They don't even have to get used to trying to figure out what's happening. It's like, oh, the Reiki people are here. All right. Um, I love it. Yes. And there's certification classes. So you are certified after that. And there's different levels that I teach. You know, you can start with the basic or go up to the higher levels. Okay. So people that want to actually do this as a career, like you're doing, could take the certification program. Yes. And even if, you know, you don't want to do it as a career, it is so beneficial if, if you're a pet lover, if you are um, a sporting competitor. I have a client who is a retired drug dog, and he now is just finished his elite championship in nose work. And I got called in because all of a sudden he just quit working and he would just leave the area and his mom was so upset she couldn't figure out cuz he's well trained he knew what he was to do and um he just didn't want to do it and he was just emotionally unbalanced a little bit um because you know sometimes when you're doing those performance sports and you just kind of get to where you got to win and we got to get the points and let's go do this and let's go do that And I don't think he felt like he was being heard. And so when I started working with both of them, she even noticed that if before trial, if I came to the house, he always scored higher than if I, she didn't have me come. There was two times I couldn't come because she couldn't fit me in her schedule. And he did not do well on those trials. The rest of them, he scored high, but he needed he needed some emotional balance and to be heard. And um, I think he's one of the dogs you have featured on your blog. Is that right? Yes, he is. Burton. I, I just love him to pieces. He is amazing. Well, and it looks like you have a lot of interesting um, entries in your blog. So people that are interested in learning more about uh animal guides as uh, spirit animals or um, 
more about what you are doing with animals. I just think it sounds like so much fun. You know, it really is fun. And even people who don't have animals can benefit from this because animals, meditation has been, I mean, they've done research on people. It lowers our blood pressure. It lowers our heart rate. It actually reprograms our brain and makes us more compassionate beings. And they, I haven't known them. They did do a study on horses that showed just by being in their presence, we automatically become more in coherence and really we become better people just being in their presence. And I think if we were to study the animals, we'd find similar things with meditation. It lowers their blood pressure. It, all the benefits for us, because we're animals, would be the same for the non-human animals. So if people who don't have pets learn this technique, and then they go sit in a park or out in nature where there's animals and watch what happens. Watch how the animals respond to you. It can be life changing. And I know that's like a big promise, but it really is when we can learn to connect to animals on such a deep level. They bring us such peace and they have such wisdom because they're always connected to the present moment. Um, they haven't got lost like humans have. That is the best part about them for sure. And uh, I've been a lifelong horse lover myself and ah. currently the mom of two horses. So I like to think that I'm a better person for being around my horses. Yeah. So, you know, they do, they just make a difference. They make us better and Animals can make us better. They definitely can. And uh, horses are a little unique, as we know. And um, even though dogs and cats are wonderful, horses are a little more unique in some ways. Yes, they are. And they're just magnificent animals with so much to teach us. Absolutely. And I've been to some wonderful leadership type programs throughout my career um, involving horses as well. So that that's quite an experience to be able to do that. Yes. And and they can teach people. Um, there is a, a rescue here. Well, not really a rescue, but she works with um, veterans with PTSD and children who have learning disabilities, that type of thing. And she told me, she said, like the veterans will come. And she said there was one veteran and he had worked with this horse a lot. And on that day, he was mad and he was stomping his feet. And he's like, this darn horse doesn't know anything. What's wrong with him? And she just said, I don't know what's going on with you. And he then he got it. It's like, oh, yeah, this is me. <laughs> he's showing me. And animals reflect back what's going on with us especially horses. You're right. Yes. They are the mirror to your soul for sure. Yes, they are. And I see you also have a book, Jamie, called Whispers of Wisdom. Yes. And that is just a little short stories of some of the animals that have been in my life um, and the lessons that they taught me. Very nice. Well, I hope that folks will check out your book on Amazon and follow you on social media. Tell, um, tell our guests how they can find you online. Um, so my website is animal-bonds.com. 
And of course, I am on Facebook. I hear that's not up today, but when it is, it's Jamie Lee Animal Bonds. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter, but um, other LinkedIn as well. And LinkedIn, yes. Excellent. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. And what would you leave us with today? I think, you know, just for people to understand that it is time we look at how we treat all animals, not just the cute ones, not just the fuzzy ones. I mean, all animals, the cows, the pigs, the ants, the whales, they're all living beings that want to have a happy, safe, and free life, just like we do. And they deserve respect. And we can learn to become partners with them through meditation. And that will change their lives and it will change ours. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to our guests for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. And we hope you'll visit animalcaretrustusa.org and find out all about how to protect your pet with a pet trust. We are here each week and our motto for the show is until there are none, please adopt one and please protect your pets. Um, let's keep our loved pets in loving homes. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and on LinkedIn. So thank you very much and we'll see you next time. And until then, happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales.